Today we start a brand new series called By Faith, and I'm super excited uh, to uh, talk about this and uh, what we're going to talk about in the next uh, uh, four weeks or so of doing this series. Uh, it's a new year. I love new year. New opportunities, new hopes, uh, new things that we can think about for uh, what, 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 what the year will bring ahead. But did you know that every day the average person on planet Earth takes about 7,500 steps? Here in the United States, uh, we're a little below the average, unfortunately. We like our cars a little bit more than walking. So the average American takes about 5,000 steps each and every day. Now, if the average person lives to, say, about 80 years, then that that, that many steps each day spread out over a lifetime means that over a lifetime, you're probably going to take about 146 steps million steps, something like that. That's a whole lot of steps if you've got like a Fitbit or something. And uh, that, that, I don't even know if that can keep up with all those steps. 146 million steps each uh, on average, the average person throughout their life, lifetime. And most of these steps are taken without us even realizing it because there's something in your brain called muscle memory. And what your brain does, it, it learns how to do something and then it stores it away like a program, like a computer program. And so then what happens is, is your, your brain will just start to do things without you even realizing. It's a way that it stores energy. And so half the time you're walking and you don't even realize you're doing it because your muscle memory is, is basically telling you to walk. Uh, but you're not really using any brain energy to do it. Uh, and, and so many of us, when we are walking, we walk in all different t- ways in life. We go through ups and downs on this journey of life. And, you know, we'll, we'll, some of us this year through 2017 will walk through new paths and new things uh, in our lives. And we'll walk towards new things. Others will we'll walk uh, stuff that through paths that we've always been through uh, in our lives. Uh, but as we take these steps each and every day, we, we, we are using our eyes to see how we are moving ahead. Our eyes are telling us what dangers are ahead and, uh, and, and what paths to go down and what paths not to go down. Now, if you are an average American, then this year in 2017, you will take approximately 1.825 million steps. That's how many steps that you will take through 2017. Think about that. The opportunity to take that many new steps, the, the new opportunities, the new, the new prospects for a new year. But I wonder, out of those 1.825 million steps, I wonder how many of those steps will be made using as faith as your guide as opposed to your eyesight. How many of those you will walk by using faith instead of what you can see with your eyes? See, each year here at Generation Church, we have what we call a theme for the year. And that theme helps us uh, as a foundation to, 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 to move forward uh, throughout the year and decide on, on many things. And so uh, we, we have a theme that, that helps us as we mold our budget and we mold what ministries to start, what ministries maybe to fade out, what things to do, what to teach. And, and it all centers around that theme for the year. And in 2016, our theme was called Moving Forward. We believe that we had to move 
move forward in some areas in order to, to go walk into what God had for us or has for us. And so we did this whole restructuring of leadership and we're still working our way through all that. And, and restructuring can be a little messy at times. Uh, in, in September, we had the opportunity to, to lease 101 East Wheel Road. Uh, and we decided to go ahead with it to, because we knew we needed more space to move forward in our kids' ministry. There were certain things that, that we did, uh, decisions that we made. I made some very difficult decisions myself because we knew that we had to move forward in 2016. Well, in 2017, we've got a different theme for the year. And this theme is found in the second book of Corinthians chapter 5. The book of Corinthians was written by a man called the Apostle Paul, and he wrote it to a church uh, that, was, that was based in the city of Corinth. And this is what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He said, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put our heavenly bodies on like new clothing. For we will, be, we will put on heavenly bodies. We will, sorry, for when we will put on heavenly bodies, we will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on new bodies so that when these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life, God himself has prepared, for, uh, prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are confident even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this earthly body or away from this body, our goal is to please Him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged We will each receive whatever we deserve for good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Now, let me just quickly summarize what Paul is talking about here. Paul is basically saying that we have a hope unlike those who do not know Jesus Christ. And our hope is this, that this life is not it. That there's more after this life. Many people think that this is it for life. This is their loss. Once they die, that's it. But Paul is saying that this life is not it. There's more to this life. And that's the hope we have as believers of Jesus Christ. And there's even more hope that this body that you have is not it. Now, some of you, that's really good news. Because you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, is this it? Is this all I've got in life? No, you've got perfect bodies to come. You've got a big six-pack that's going to come. You know, you've got that, that nice slim waist. You know, you've got those slim thighs and, uh, and no more double chin. I can't wait for that day. And this is not it. That we have new bodies that we will have, that we will get when we get to heaven. But Paul tells us the good news is this. That Jesus Christ has given us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit allows us to try these new bodies on. Like new clothing. 
Now, I'm sure many of you at Christmas, you got maybe some new clothes at Christmas. And I bet most of you, if you got new clothes for Christmas, you didn't just pack them away and just forget about the clothes and carry on wearing your old clothes. You probably got out your new clothes and, and you know, you felt good because you got some new clothes on. And, and, and that is what the Holy Spirit allows. He allows you to try on these new bodies. Now, the problem with this is we can't see these new bodies. We can just experience them. So right now, we cannot see them, and so we have to put on these new bodies by faith. We have to walk by faith, not by sight. And so in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, it tells us in the New Living Translation, it says, For we live by believing and not by seeing. But I love what the English Standard Version of the Bible says. It says this, it says that we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. And so that's going to be our theme for 2017. In all that we do, all the decisions that we make, we're going to be walking by faith and not by sight. That faith is going to be our guide in all that we do, not the external factors that we see around us. And we're going to learn what faith is. We're going to learn that we can actually live this life and take all 1.825 million steps that you're probably going to take in 2017. We can take them by faith and not by sight. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to be camped out in the book of Hebrews. And we're going to be looking specifically at chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews. Now, the book of Hebrews, we do not know who the author of Hebrews is. Scholars, some scholars believe it was Peter, but the, the, the writer of the book of Hebrews did not leave a, a note saying who, who wrote it. We don't know. But the one thing about the book of Hebrews is, is this. It's an incredible book because the majority of stuff that we believe as Christians is found in this book. It's a great book of Christian theology. And so we're going to use this book and we're going to use this chapter specifically, chapter 11, to show us how through 2017 we can walk by faith and not by sight. So if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. And we're going to start by reading verse 1. And what I love about verse 1 is this. It gives us a perfect definition of what faith is. It's not a difficult definition to understand. It's a perfect definition of what faith is. And this is what Hebrews 11.1 says. It says, Faith is the confidence that what happened, that what we hope for will actually happen. Faith is the confidence of what we hope for will actually happen. That's the definition of faith right there. That's not difficult to understand. It's just having the confidence of what we hope for will actually happen. Then the writer of Hebrews gives us a, a, a part two or, uh, to, to this definition. Then he says this. He says, it gives us, meaning faith, it gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. So that's what faith does. That's all that faith does. Faith gives you the confidence that what you hope for will actually come to pass. And it reassures you of the things that you cannot see. Now, every one of you, you have faith. Faith is not something that's just for the special few. It's not just for the holier than holy. It's not for just the churchgoer. Everybody in this world has faith at some point. You have faith. You practice faith every day. When you lay your head to bed tonight... You will have the hope that you will wake up in the morning. 
right? That is faith. That is faith in that when your mind goes to sleep, that your brain will wake your mind up again. You cannot see all the stuff that's going on in your brain while you sleep. But the faith is, is that your body will awake again when you go to sleep. When you go home today, some of you, you're going to sit in front of the TV and you're probably going to watch football for the rest of the day. And what you'll do is you'll sit there and you'll get your remote control out and you will switch on the TV with your remote control. And if you're like my wife, every time a commercial comes on, you'll just start going all over different channels, all over the place. Drives me crazy, but hey. And you'll be there with the remotes. And basically what you're showing, when you're pressing the remote, you have faith that the remote will control the TV. You cannot see the infrared signals that are going from the remote to the TV, but you have faith that it will actually happen. That's faith. When you go home this afternoon or maybe you go to a restaurant and you go to eat, you have faith that the food that goes, that goes into your mouth will actually give nutrients to your body, sustain your body, and give your body the food that it needs. See, when you eat, you cannot see what your body is doing to the, to, to the food. You cannot see that it is digesting the food. You cannot see that it is pulling the nutrients out of the food, and it is sustaining your body. But you have faith because you know, you hope, you cannot see it, but you hope that it's giving your body the nutrients that it needs. That is walking in faith. That is what it means to live in faith. Having hope, having the confident hope of things, even though you cannot see them. See, it's difficult to have faith. Everybody has faith. When the sun goes down at night, we have faith that the sun will arise again in the morning. We have faith that the sun will burn in the sky, otherwise it's going to be a whole lot colder than it is today, even though it doesn't feel like the sun's burning today very much. See, everybody has faith, and the job of faith is this. It is to give us assurances about the things we cannot see. That's it. That's it. There's nothing complicated about faith. It just gives you assurances about the things that you cannot see. Now, let me just tell you very quickly, there are people out there who believe that it's all about how much faith you have. There are people who even make theology out of people who, who can do things because of their faith. I've even heard people say that somebody's sick because somebody has a lack of faith. I've heard people say that somebody died because they didn't have enough faith. Somebody's in financial poverty because they don't have enough faith. And let me tell you, if you ever hear anybody say that, run away from them as fast as you can. Because that is not a biblical statement. That is not what the Bible teaches. Because what the Bible teaches is this. The Bible teaches that it is God who can heal the sick. It is God who can provide your needs. It is God who, 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 who can raise the dead or stop somebody from dying. It is God. And this is what happens when you believe it is by faith that, that, that somebody, because they don't have enough faith, you are putting the onus on you. And when you put the onus on you, that is an unbiblical statement because the onus has to be on God. See, Jesus says you only need faith the size of a mustard seed. To be able to move a mountain. Because it's all about what God can do, not what about what you can do. 
And so if you're sick, it's not because you don't have enough faith. You need to seek God about healing. But it's not because you have not enough faith. Because all faith does is this. It reassures you what you cannot see can actually come to pass. That's what faith does. See, faith is not the secret key to all things wonderful. Faith just assures us that God is God and what God has said and God has promised will come to pass. And see what happens. The closer you get to God, the more you start to understand that it's not about you and it's nothing about you, but it's all about him. See, faith helps us stay focused And when you have faith in God, you start believing even though you can't see. See, we're told that believing is seeing, but in the kingdom of God and when you serve Jesus and follow Jesus, you understand that seeing is not always believing. And so Hebrews tells us that faith reassures us of the things we cannot see. Then it says this in Hebrews 11 verse 2 and 3. It says, through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So now the writer of Hebrews is telling us that there were men and women of old who are great examples of faith to us. That they walked by faith and not by sight. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to look at some different people who Hebrews 11 tells us actually lived by faith and had this faith and walked by faith and not by sight. Now these people, they were not any better than you or me. Sometimes we put these people on a pedestal because some of the names are pretty famous names, but they were no better than you or me. They were just like you. They were just like me. But the difference is, the reason we're going to mention them is because they give us great examples of people who can actually live this life here on planet Earth and that you can actually walk by faith and not by sight. So let's take a look at the first one. It's found in Hebrews eleven four. Verse 4, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. And God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Now Hebrews gives an example here of a man called Abel. If you have any knowledge of the Bible at all, you probably know the story of Cain and Abel. Most people, when they think of the story of Cain and Abel, this is what they think. The first murder in the Bible. In fact, the first murder that ever happened on planet Earth, the first death that happened. When you think of Cain and Abel, you think of a sibling rivalry. You think, you, you think of hatred and what, what evil hatred can do in this world. Uh, because if you didn't know, Cain killed Abel. He got jealous of Abel and he killed Abel. And that's what we think of this story. We think of murder and jealousy and it's like some lifetime movie or something like that. But the writer of Hebrews, he doesn't think about murder. He doesn't think about jealousy. 
The writer of Hebrews doesn't think about hatred or sibling rivalry. The writer of Hebrews sees this story, and this is what they see, an example of faith. He says, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God. Now, let's, re- let's take a look briefly at the story about what happened. It's found in Genesis chapter 4, and I'm going to start reading at verse 1. It said, now Adam had sexual relations with his wife. Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. I don't know, I think he was like a little boy at the time. I don't think he was a man like quite yet, but that's what she said. He was a man. <laughs> Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground, basically making vegetables and fruit or whatever you do cultivating the land. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. So right now, we've got two brothers. Both of them are farmers. One is a livestock farmer. One is a crop farmer. And it comes harvest time. And they, meaning it's payday for them. Meaning all their work, they're actually now going to get some things back for what they've worked for. It's payday. And both of them would have been good church people. Because they would have come and they would have given that offering to God, and they did. Cain came and brought an offering to God. Abel came and brought an offering to God. Now, they didn't have to bring an offering to God. The Bible didn't say God commanded them to bring an offering. Out of their own free will, they came and both brought an offering to God. Yet God accepted Abel's offering, and he didn't accept Cain's offering. Now, on the surface, I'm like, I think God's been a little unfair. I mean, Abel's worked, I mean, Cain's worked hard, and now he's coming and he's wanting to give to God. And God is like giving him a slap in the face and not accepting it. It's like giving your kid a gift or giving your spouse a gift or a friend a gift, and then like, they're, they're coming back saying, I don't want that. I mean, you think that person's a jerk, right? You think your kid is a rotten, spoiled little kid. But this is exactly what God did to Cain. He did not accept his offering. But the reality is, is this is not God being unfair. This is God telling the world a huge lesson. See, the difference between these brothers was not that they actually brought a gift to God. The difference was not the amount of gift. We don't know how much they bought. For all we know, Cain could have bought a whole lot more than Abel. The only difference between these two gifts was the the way that they walked to God and gave God the gifts. See, I believe that Cain walked to God by sight, while Abel walked to God by faith. See, God did not need their gifts. Sometimes we think God needs our gifts because God's some poor God. He's the creator of the universe. 
God does not need our gifts. And he did not need their gifts, but he required their faith. And this is what Cain did. Cain bought a gift from God, partly because he thought God needed the gift. In fact, Cain walked by sight because he probably started to cultivate the land and he'd spent all this time growing the crops. He'd, he'd poured his blood, sweat and tears into growing good crops and, and suddenly he started to look at them and he probably started to think, well, I need to feed my family. I, I need to, to, to keep stuff for myself that I've worked so hard for this. I need to keep the best for myself. God, I'm still going to give to you, but I'm not going to give you the best that I have. And the lesson God has given us right here is not a lesson about giving. For Cain gave a gift. The lesson is about giving in faith. Giving in faith. Giving when you cannot see the outcome. It's not about how much you give. And let me tell you that. It's not about how much you give. It's all about the heart of the gift. See, you could give the world, but if your heart isn't truly a heart of faith, then God is not going to accept that. You can give a little, but when the heart is right, God will accept See, Abel brought a gift to God. The Bible tells us he picked out the best portion of his sweet little lambs. He'd spent all, maybe summer, you know, watching these lambs, being a shepherd of the lambs, shearing the coats on the sheep. And and when it came time for the harvest and the little lambs were born and they were leaping around, he looked around and he saw the best and he decided to come and give them to God. See, this is the, the difference between Cain and Abel. Abel was still able to see the same things Cain was. Abel had the same external factors that Cain did. Abel probably had the same thing. How am I going to feed my family? I've put my blood, sweat, and tears into this. Why should I give God my best when I can keep the best myself? He had all the same choices. But despite what Abel could see, he still decided to give to God in faith. Now ask yourself, I wonder if the gifts that I'm bringing to God is God accepting the gifts I'm bringing to him. The things you do for God each and every day, is God accepting what I'm giving unto him? Is it by faith or is it by sight? Many of you don't, 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 uh, may know, may not know, but I also have a second job as well. And uh, I work in insurance. And in 2016, it was like a really great year for me. I had all these targets, smashed them, and it was amazing this, this year. And one of the ladies I worked with, she looked at me, and, you know, everyone knows I'm a pastor. And she looked at me, and she says, Alex, she goes, this is the difference between you and everybody else here. She goes, you have favor. And I was like, thank you, you know. But I came away, I was like, I don't have favor. God isn't preferring me over all the others. I said, I don't think it's favor. Do you know what it is? It's just that we've committed as a family to walk by faith and not by sight. To to make sure that our lives are about pleasing God and not pleasing ourselves. And the returns on that is that automatically you get a blessed life. Because God's first in your life. See, when you walk by faith and not by sight, God does way more than what you could even imagine or think. 
to Hebrews 11, then it gives us a reason why God did not accept Cain's offering. I still think it's a little unfair that God did not accept Cain's offering, but Hebrews 11 gives us a reason why, why it was not rude for God to reject Cain's gift. See, God is looking for people of faith who he can use and bless. He's not looking for token gifts. And this is what Hebrews 11 verse 5 says. It says, it was by faith Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without any faith, without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now we reference somebody else, not just Abel who walked by faith. It says that there was a man called Enoch who lived by faith. We hardly know anything about Enoch. There's only a few verses in the Bible about Enoch, but this is what we know. That Enoch was a man who pleased God. Genesis 5.24 tells us this, that Enoch was a man who was walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. And I'll be honest, I didn't even know what that means. I don't know what that means. Many people think that God just took him to heaven without dying. Others think that God buried him. and I, I really don't know, but it doesn't matter. Because his life was about this one thing. He pleased God. Why? Because he walked in close fellowship with God. And Hebrews eleven six tells us this. It is impossible to please God without faith. So if Enoch was a man who pleased God, Enoch was a man who walked by faith. And if you want to please God, and I'm sure all of us, we want to please God, then you must confidently hope in who God is and what God said he will do. Cain did not do this. And he did not please God. But Abel and Enoch, they pleased God because they understood that the only way to live this life is by faith and not by sight. So how are you walking today? How will you take the 1.825 million steps that you probably will take in 2017? Will you take them by what you see and let external factors dictate where you go and what you do? Or will you take them with the confidence that God is God and what God has promised will come to pass? See, through eyes of faith, you can be sure That when you place your trust and hope in God, when you bring your best to him, he is faithful. And this year, he can do even more than he has promised in your life. See, all faith is, it gives us the reassurance about what we cannot see. And as you come close to God, God will start to reassure you and give you the peace that he is going to do more in your life than what you could even imagine. I'm going to leave you with this last verse. It's found in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Do you know what that says? If you trust in God, 
God will do more in your life than what even you can see or even you can think. That is why we need to walk by faith and not by sight because God can do more than what we could even imagine in our lives. That is what happens when we walk by faith and not by sight. Don't let this year start to drift in without you being a person that says, you know what, I don't care what I see. I know what I believe and I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Let's bow our heads in prayer.